to the Big Brain Chungus Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan. Ah, crowd goes wild. So, Ryan, how are you doing in your in your apartment? How has your day been? Man, the older you get, the more you realize you just want to live as far away from people as possible. I hate having fucking neighbors. I really do. You can, especially in these really shitty built apartments, you can smell every single fucking thing they cook at all times. If they get into a fight, you can hear it. You can hear it through the walls. If they start fucking, you can hear that too. Is it just, just, just too much listening to other people's business? That's what I, I just can't stand it. I uh, live in a building, but nobody else lives in this building yet. So I don't hear anything. I have the utmost privacy. But well, do you, you know, believe in I ghosts? Am... Do you believe in ghosts? No, I don't believe in ghosts. Have you ever been in a situation where you believed in ghosts in the past? Yeah, I've seen ghosts as a kid. You have? Yes. Uh, tell me about it. Um, I mean, I basically there was a couple times where basically oh, I saw a woman. And she was walking in my living room and she came up to me and like she said she was my grandma or something or How old were you? I I was like five or six. What kind of drugs were you on? I was completely sober. But the thing were is the reason why I don't believe in ghosts is because it's actually very common for kids to see ghosts and the reason is it? why yeah. There's what do you mean? No, it's a whole thing. Even I've never in, heard about this theory. No, dude, this has always been a theory. Even in like ghost among ghost hunters, it's a classic thing that children see ghosts. Uh, children can see ghosts when parents or adults can't. Uh, so this think, is always this yeah. has always been a thing. But it's also a real. It's, thing. it's part of the myth, right? But it's not. It's like, part of the myth, but it's, not it's factual. Also, it is factual. That's no, it I'm is saying. not. Uh, no, Listen, hold on. you can't read the encyclopedia of ghosts and, and find an entry that says toddlers are better at, see, at seeing ghosts. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't yeah, buy I it. Pu- I pulled this from Discovery uh, TLC's Yeah, yeah. I no. believe that. No, no, no. The, you, yeah. Children see ghosts more often, but they also factually see ghosts more often. Like but They factually children, now. Yeah, factually, like actual children, ghosts. You talking about? No, I'm saying like there are reported events of somebody claiming to see a ghost. Most of them are people under the age of 18. Okay, but so, mo- okay, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Half of those are just drunk parents stumbling around in the nighttime and kids freaking out. No. So what I'm saying is that basically, when the brain's forming, the part of your brain. Mm-hmm that is for imagination the part that's active when you're dreaming is uh-huh. not connected in the same way to your sight and sound as it is when you're an adult so that's why it happens fact? that no this is, is true this an children fact? children it's perfectly normal to hallucinate especially when you're a kid because your brain's not fully formed you can have auditory and visual hallucinations and when i was a that's kid interesting. i that did explains have a lot. those and that's why that a lot. when yeah. people ask me, oh, do I believe in ghosts? I say no confidently, but I also just as confidently, if somebody says, did you ever see a ghost? I say yes, 
because I did see ghosts. But no, you haven't seen ghosts. You you hallucinated a ghost. That's not seeing a ghost, Anthony. If I did not believe, if I believed in ghosts, I would say they were definitely ghosts. Uh, this is some strange Italian logic that you're bringing up here. That this, a hallucination is not a fucking ghost. A I ghost, don't believe there were ghosts. Okay, that's exactly my point. So you never saw a ghost. Why, why are you lying did, to our audience but about ghosts? I'm saying, I'm saying, if they, if I did believe in ghosts, I would definitely believe those were ghosts that I saw. Do you I understand. understand what I'm saying? Well, most people technically in the past died at like 15. So they probably all saw a ghost at one point, And that's why they believed in it. And that's why the Catholic Church is powerful. Well, also, it was kind of weird because I remember thinking it was my grandma. But both my grandmas were alive at the time. So how does that so, make any sense? You're a dumb well, kid. That's because when I was a kid, I didn't know. Sniffing didn't too know much glue. I never met my, uh, I only met one of my grandmas. I didn't even know I had another one. Did your walls have lead in them? And the woman I saw looked nothing like my grandma once I met her. Did the walls in your childhood home have lead in them, Anthony? No, but I would chew and eat the sweet paint off my toys. Did you? Uh, I would, actually, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense now. I think we solved the mystery. You're just... I have lead poisoning. Ingesting chemicals as a a child and blaming it on hallucinations and something your parents told you about brain development. No... Anyways, have you crazy seen talk here? Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? No. But you've seen a ghost. When I was younger, they existed. They don't exist anymore. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay, it does if you don't think about it. Yeah. No, that's good. Those are my favorite just, kind just of. Don't thoughts. think about it. Yeah. My, no, beli- my no, favorite I'm, beliefs are the ones okay. that you don't think about. Yes, exactly. Just like capitalism, today's topic. But before we get to it, I I do want to say, no, actually, I do buy what you're saying that possibly kids see more ghosts because their brains are developing. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So I'm sorry for being so smart. Yeah, there is a lot of research on it. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But it's also I know a lot of people. Well, I I once had a religious person tell my parents, okay, dead, dead eye, that I see ghosts when I was a kid. So I used yeah, to I've see. Had, I've had religious I, this, people say that to me too. And I, okay. uh, I no, never I'm not argue special. with people. That. Well, if people they, say they believe in ghosts, it's kind of like astrology. I don't ever yeah. at any point mention, unless yeah. very specifically, because I try not to lie to people. So if someone very specifically and pointedly asks me if I believe in ghosts, I'll say no. But if they're talking about ghosts and how they believe in it, I will not offer up that information whatsoever. You have to pointedly ask, and I'll try to dodge the first or second time you ask me that question. Uh, Same thing with the, astrology. This person I don't said, believe in astrology, but... I don't believe in astrology. I mean, I do something. But I'm chatting up a nice, you know, blonde chick in the bar, then yeah, I'm a, I, I love astrology, of course. So you, so no, you basically... You basically <laughs> no, you, I, you, I find you, it you interesting. You used yeah, deceit. I lie. To yeah, people. I lie to get laid. Yeah, you, there you go. That's, that's, apparently, that's, you just admitted that's, to it. That's my strategy. You're no, dis- it is you're interesting a to talk person, about. Anthony. No, I like it. It's fun to talk about astrology. But yeah, anyways. I mean, it isn't. No, 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 no. You don't just go anyways after you bring after you bring up your deceit. Okay, the truth about astrology and the truth I'm not about hurting any, these women. You, well, I mean, you, okay, just, come on. It's just fraud. Okay, listen. Listen, it's like the I Ching, it's like tarot cards, it's like astrology. 
the point of those uh, ideas, you know, what we I like to call and what I, th- I mean, everybody calls divination, okay? The ability to tell one's fate by looking at uh, certain, you know, astrology or cracks on turtle shells like the I Ching was or sticks in the floor or tarot cards or people in the Middle East who uh, drink coffee and then do coffee readings. The point of that actually in a lot of cases is that a lot of people are really going through things in their lives and they're looking for divine symbols to kind of guide them. The thing about divination and why it works and why people like them is because the advice, it generally is so general Okay, that it can apply to any kind of situation, and it gives good advice. It's not, it doesn't give bad advice. It's just, you know, if you're if you're reading your your turtle shells, and it says, okay, it was what they used to do is used to get a, a, a turtle and then uh, heat it, and then it would crack, and then you could read the future using it. And the point of that is that it's supposed to give you sage advice, like slow down. You know, the say, Greeks had a, a different uh, strategy to get sage advice. They would just yeah, they would get high. Uh, no, no, they would put a fucking fourteen-year-old girl or thirteen-year-old girl yeah, in some fucking uh, gas-filled methane, yeah. uh, methane gas-filled cave. And she was and she'd crazy be shit. high as fuck. And, like you uh, should go forward by going backwards, and also, you know, you sh- you should save for winter. Oh wow, sage advice. Yeah, we should save for winter. That it's yeah. Such I got a general... fortune cookie that said like you should not back down. Your opinions. Your thoughts mean something. So well, that was a lie. I think, it, so. I think it was talking about right here, right now. I once get. I once got a fortune cookie that said, "A dark and mysterious stranger will soon visit you." And that was very fucking weird. That's scary. Right? I thought so too. Yeah. That's like, what the fuck up. is that supposed to mean? Yeah, that's like fuck? If, that's like you know somebody at the fortune cookie factory is fucking with you. That's like if I mm-hmm. wrote a fortune cookie, I'm like. Uh, an evil beast is hunting you. Run. Okay. Please. You just, you just, you just had a gold mine. My idea. Scary fortune cookies. No. Or let's call them, um, crank fortune cookies. Delete the the tape. We can't let this idea, this money making idea. It's too powerful. It's it's like we make fortune cookies that are like, it says like hilarious shit. So it's kind of a fucking surprise. What you're gonna get? I think I think that's that's a that's gonna make me challenge Elon Musk. And then uh, now onto our topic. Okay, Hassan. we're gonna move past ghosts and fortune cookies. Okay, yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's, let's talk about let's the serious the, shit people listen to our podcast about. Cut cut the fortune cookie talk. Basically, Enough. Hassan Hassan Biker, who is a Twitch streamer, socialist. Mind you. Wait, wait, wait. A, t- a Twitch streamer that's like a person who goes on, that does uh, sexual favors for you on camera. And no, the that's, a, that's a cam model. It's a very different What's thing. the difference? This is so a wait, Twitch wait, streamer. are you saying in Twitch, you don't donate money to beautiful people to have them do... Um... Well, you do, but it's different. Okay, so what's the difference? I guess there isn't a difference. So uh, if it's so... a guy, it's... It's a Twitch streamer. If it's a girl, it's a... What did you call them? A, a cam model? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying if you're a girl and you do this, you're a cam model. No, it's... Okay. It's, there's, anyways, Hassan is a Twitch streamer, and he has a show with Ethan Klein, uh, founder of the H3 Productions, H3H3 podcast, and they have a show called Leftovers, and they're having a debate about capitalism versus socialism. 
But more okay. specifically, social democracy and socialism. And did you watch this? I, I tried a couple of times, but mm. I, I will say that it was so cringe that it hurt so much watching it that I I had to stop it a couple of times. Okay. Uh, now, I, I watched it three times. It took me three attempts. I'm a huge fan of Hassan. I like his content. I think he does really good work. But I also struggled to get through the, the episode. And I had to keep forcing myself to watch it because I also was cringing. Because I don't think he did a very good job. He did a lot better towards the end of the episode. But he opened up pretty poorly. So Yeah, he's being asked the most basic, basic yeah. ass questions. I mean, these are not even like... These are questions com- that we all ask ourselves. I mean, usually you <laughs> fucking... Yeah. Like, That's what's I've, so painful. I know. Like, I was at a point where I was like, hmm, social democracy, if we just had a progressive, you know, free healthcare, then everything would be dope and awesome and great. But... You know, there are many reasons why I no longer believe that. But yeah, Ethan's which we'll asking back through this episode. But yeah, Ethan was not like people. Okay, I mean, listen, let's be, Ethan is an obvious person who's been in the opposite end of depositions basically his entire adult life for his many, many issues, legally speaking. So he knows how to get somebody and put questions onto them to make them look dumb and trip them up. He knows how to do that. So he's good at that, too, and he's done that in the past. He knows how to depose a witness, uh, okay? Uh, obviously, he's been in the receiving end of that. But the questions he was asking Hassan were not complicated questions. These were not things anybody who's been versed in these topics would have very easy time uh, answering. So I think that's what was... That was what was cringy about the episode, is that you expected a little bit more from him in terms of understanding the fundamentals this is like you have the greatest boxer of all time arguably you know joe fraser okay okay or logan logan paul okay who's never lost a man jake jake paul Paul. there you go whatever i would love to know i I, all i know is that the last name is paul uh the greatest boxer in all time and you put him against an amateur okay like george um like merriweather no 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 I'm, i'm too good i know how to fight I have deadly. My hands are actually deadly weapons. Okay. All right. Okay. You should see my. You should see my. Uh, my keyboarding skills. Okay. I can fight anybody. Okay. Behind the keyboard, I, I dare somebody to come against me. But, okay. But okay, and and you're expecting, okay, him to at are you least also be six able... foot five and three hundred pounds of muscle? No, no, I'm three hundred pounds, but I'm not six foot, and not six foot five. But yes. You know, <laughs> but okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't, ex- I, I expected more from our champion. Okay. Well, yeah. Should- and that, one of the things is Hassan, like, he kind of opens up, Ethan asks him a simple question of like, how are we going to run society or how are you going to do socialism? And he says yeah. something like immediately like, well, you know, technically the politics is just determining who gets to do violence against who. And it's like, like whoa, the, whoa, 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 the, whoa, what the fuck? Calm down there. What the fuck? Don't Slow fucking down open. there. What are you Don't, talking like? Would do not open up with a conversation with someone just getting new to socialism. The violence about, is like, inevitable in the system. Yeah. Yeah, that there will be violence blood, is inevitable, and there will be, and there will be blood, and there will be rivers will of blood. 
And actually, we will not apologize for the violence and the terror that the exactly socialist government does do. against the capitalists. Exactly. Your time is yeah. is short, Ethan Klein. You will be knee deep in rivers of blood, just like yeah. the sack of the proletariat. The proletariat <laughs> yeah. will bleed dry. The bourgeoisie red. That's it's why like, communism oh is all about Lord. red because it's all I mean, about the blood we're gonna spill, right? Yeah. That and I think that I think what you're saying is part of the problem is that he came in a little bit too strong on like the authoritarian side which you know neither me and, and like theory you know, i think like you know books too much into theory whatever theory means all i know what theory is it's whatever some 15 year old is screaming at me that i need to read more on okay I, I don't know half the time when people say you need to read more theory i don't know what they mean all i know it means that that 15 year old is telling me i need to read more theory so i can understand their really fucking weird position online so yeah he, he came to theory heavy he came to a little too much academic language. Yeah, and it's just uh, yeah, and it's it's just these are really basic questions. Like let, let's just like let's just go through some of them. I mean, let's and I've help seen Hassan do a good job too. That's what he has done. Maybe but just that's what was very frustrating about this conversation is Hassan's yeah. done debates. You have theories why he did a bad job. I have theories. I'd like to hear I, yours. I mean, he debated uh, Larry. What was it, Larry Elder or something on TV and whipped Larry Elder's ass, but. You know, yeah, he so, knows how to do good. I think it's a good. Okay, what are your theories why he sucked? Before we get into some of the questions, so I think that you know there are a couple of theories why I think maybe he didn't do such a great job. I mean, he's a human being, you know. Yeah, we we're not can, all gonna be. In it our is prime his job state. technically, yeah. but you know, yeah. he is a human being, and then it's also odd because it's a TV show, like it's a show, and you know, supposed to be friendly. Is kind of you know. like you know he is. A pretty nasty but, debater, but you get you get Tim Pool, okay, that fucking cockroach, that fucking cockroach clowning on him on his show because of how bad he. That's not a good sign. I and think Tim Pool's an idiot. Tim Pool's literally an idiot. I think all I think what we're gonna agree with, okay, is that basically Hassan has to basically commit Subaku. Yeah, that's the only option. He has to. That's the only option. He has to kill himself honorably. That's the only way he, he could save. Bring back honor. honor. He yeah. has done the worst crime he could possibly do, which is yes. being wrong he's on lost the against Ethan. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is the wrong. Something we worst. have never done wrong. Yeah, I've never been wrong. On the <laughs> never been wrong on so, the internet before. So, so, and then the other part that I remember kind of made me laugh is like. Uh, there was also the part where Ethan was asking a question of like, what do you do if under socialism people are trying to do capitalism? And Hassan's like, we're yeah, going to do re-education. Yeah. And Ethan's Whoa, like, immediately like... I, I want to hear your theory about why he sucked. Well, uh, okay. Let's get through the questions. Yeah, Why do you think he sucked? I don't think I he did a good job because, well, one, he, he did better towards the end. So I think there I was agree. an aspect of like warming up He a woke up bit. in the end. He realized yeah. exactly. Okay, yeah. So yeah. there was You're an aspect truths. of like... Yeah, like, because I know he's good. He's not terrible at yeah, it. He's but not, then, yeah. also, the parts that Hassan really focuses on is a little bit more about, like, domestic policy and, like, social stuff and then, uh, like, foreign policy stuff. But he doesn't necessarily go nitty gritty into, like, the economics. Yeah, of viability. The viability of the system. Yeah, Probably, like, or he the says democracy. Yeah, he doesn't or go the on. Very specific. Yeah, he or doesn't the, go on. Yeah. He doesn't talk very specifics. He's going to say, like, you know, he talks generalities. He doesn't talk very specifically of, like, how would a socialist economy work? 
or how would yeah, it solve how would they choice? handle a problem A, problem B, problem C? You know, yeah. how, so that's what we're going to do. That's what, but that's we're going to get yes, we're going to yes. get to very specifics. Wait, of exactly don't you want to hear works. my theory first? I mean, I got a theory, or is it not important? Let's just go on. What, what do you think? Go ahead. I, I give you. You have one minute. Thank you. Thank you. Oh shit. Time okay. Yeah. All right. Quick. Okay. This so is the, this I is the think... Anthony show with uh, damn special, right it is. special guest Ryan. So I think it's probably, yeah, I think a lot of it was that he wasn't expected to be confronted on these questions in such a simple manner. To be fair, Ethan didn't allow him to speak most of the time. He was about to make yeah, a good true. point, but he, but he was overcomplicated the answers. And I think that was the main crux. And Ethan wasn't interested in, in having him explain the long-winded form about why he was right about different issues. Instead, Ethan wanted to move on quick because, you know, Ethan is a shit star. He wants to make the thing a little bit like... Listen, we know what happened. Ethan w- looked at a poll that said young people find c- communism cringe. Okay? They like to be liberal. And that probably put it in his head that, oh, I want to get a young audience. And that's just, just me speculating. That I want to have a young audience. So I'm going to... That's when he started criticizing it and figuring out that, hey, I'm not... I don't believe in these things. And it looks like a lot of young people don't. And then he got in a fight with his audience about it. Then that brought in Hudson and he wanted Hudson to explain it. And it didn't work. Because he asked them basic questions, and Hudson wasn't able to answer them. So that's how this unfortunate event happened. And then, you know, and there are a couple points, uh, like, real quickly, that, like, you know, there was a point where uh, Ethan is talking about how, like, let's do social democracy instead of capitalism. Or, you know, of course, yeah, or of course, he's obviously going to reference his own company. And when people start, when you're talking to business owners... And their own company, you got to be very careful because you yeah. don't want to just. Open First of all, it's up not the audience. Like, yeah. That's not the. That's like talking to the king about abolishing the feudalism. Okay, that's not the people that are are going to have any purchase in your ideology, and they're not even the people you really need to convince. To be quite frank, I mean they're they're already having in a hostile position just because <clears throat> you're coming after their wealth. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's like kind of. So we'll answer the, a lot of the questions Ethan asks, but also like starting off. Ethan's not really in a great position to become a socialist when he's a rich, successful dad, owns a that know, lives in a family. mansion and makes his money by exploit you know exploiting factory people. That's what he <laughs> no. does. Well, his wife owns a a clothing company. Yeah, but they do it together. They you know they both run it. I mean, listen, it's symbiotic. He's advertising his wife's company every time you watch his fucking show for more than two seconds. So, you know, the point of his podcast is to generate sales for his merchandise. So he's not exactly in the greatest position to give up all his power and yeah. position in the company. Or he doesn't have the greatest incentive to do so, yeah. too. I mean, there are incentives. We can discuss those, you know, without, uh, you know, we can get into it. But I think, it's, I think it would be good, you know, just to handle some of these very... Listen, we talk to a lot of normies. I mean, Anthony... So we're used to handling these types of questions, but it was just really cringe to see somebody who's supposed to be technically, you know, recognized as like this great new voice to just fumble the bag so hard. Of course, he's a human being. And if you put me on this podcast, just I would be so nervous. Okay, I'm going to fumble the bag, too, you know, but he's used to going on this show. He's been on for 50 fucking episodes and he has his own show talking about this. He should have been at least more comfortable to 
explain it. Or maybe he thought he never had to. He didn't understand that Ethan was going to keep taking him down that road. He thought it was going to be a couple of quick answers and go back to making, you know, because a lot of the time that show isn't about pushing back on uh, Hussin. Originally, that was the point of their show, but it later became, let's just make fun of politicians and talk about internet beef. So I think it was a good episode overall, because at least I found it engaging. Mm. Okay. Well, so one of the things that Ethan starts out of the gate, he's like, all right, he's a social Democrat, and he feels like, you know, what does social democracy do that, you know, like, what is socialism going to do that social democracy doesn't already do? And then he puts the caveat, which is kind of like, you know, Ethan's pretty good at his framing of his questions, where he says, like, uh, you know, social democracy versus socialism, but then, like, he also switches to utopian social democracy, where, you know, all the things are regulated, and there's, and, you know, yeah. public housing. All the problems and, are fixed. Yeah, that, like, you know, social like democracy. Yeah, if the system works, what's wrong with it? You know, if it yeah, works so exactly. So, it's yeah, utopian social democracy is like, yeah, that would be awesome. I'm sure well, that would be great. We wouldn't need I mean, it will be better than the current system. It would still have yeah. inherent problems, but it would be like saying, why don't we have a perfect fetal system that the king is not taxing to death all the peasants? Well, I mean, it completely mischaracterizes what fetal, what fetal systems are. You know, the king doesn't become the king, so he can allow the peasants the highest amount of freedom. You know, it's inherent in the system that he needs to exploit and use his position to enrich himself. Yes. So what is the problem with social democracy? So there's a couple problems. One is in the United States, we've already had social democracy, sort of. We, you know, they yeah. cut out black people and women, but we had a sort of social democracy. And Hispanics. And, and, and non-whites. Uh, but we had a social democracy. And handicapped people. And anybody who speaks a different language. Yeah, we had worships differently. Anyway. We had a select. We had a selective social democracy. We had a, yes. a, a, a social democracy. Yeah, we had yeah yep. a fascism. I guess no. We had <laughs> we had no, social no, democracy in the nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties. But the problem yeah. is, is that the people who own tons of money and own tons of capital, the billionaires. They're not just going to let social democracy happen. Social democracy only happened in Sweden because, one, there was a hugely influential and powerful leftist, uh, you know, political group. You know, they're scared. No, that labor, Swedes, a labor movement. Exactly. Yeah, labor movement. And they're scared they're going to flip communists. You know, the exactly. Soviet Union's right there trying to influence them. So they had to do social democracy as a compromise. They don't yep. do. You'll never get a time where they just do they, meaning the people that have the power the government, the the elites, yeah. they will never do social democracy just because. Willingly. So, no. Willingly. That's like ever. saying, why why doesn't the fucking uh, owner of your local Walmart or manager, you think he wakes up every day and he goes, hey, how about I pay my workers more money? How about yeah, I let them treat them less? more? Yeah. No, he's not interested in that. He doesn't give a fuck about it. If he's thinking about how can he get more money, okay, or she... You know, how can they get more money? Absolutely. And exactly what Anthony's saying. I mean, let's use Germany as an example. You know, we'll talk about, um, uh, what's his name? The Iron Chancellor. Uh, Bismarck. Bismarck. Yeah. Why did Bismarck allow a social system in his fucking country? Because That's a question, he, Anthony. Yeah, he allowed social, uh, he, he gave what, like the first pension or... 
Yep, uh, in healthcare, healthcare or something like that. Yeah. In like the 1870s or the 1860s uh, or the 1880s. And the reason why he did yeah. this in fucking uh, the German Empire is because he was scared that the Jacobins and the people, the revolutionaries mm-hmm. in the country, were going to kill the Kaiser and they're going to overthrow the monarchy. That's why he did yep. it. And he pretty why much said as your, much yeah. too. Yeah, he literally did. He said it exactly. Good point. He said that literally that he wanted to basically beat the socialists to the to the policies because he's trying to tell the the rest of the the the, his people that hey, why don't you vote and uh, support my you know us? Don't support them. I'll give you what they're promising. It's the exact same fucking thing. FDR did. FDR didn't willingly do it. He was pressured to do it. Okay, and that's what he told unions to do. And it's kind of what Obama said years ago. Make him do those things. Okay, that's what Obama said to the labor union. Make him do those things. Which is basically saying, I can't do anything unless you have a popular movement that pressures me to do it. Then I don't have a choice. But do that. I'm not going to do it on my own. Because And, and, that, the, and that's you know, sort of why we don't have uh, public health care in America today. Yes. Because the unions, no matter yeah, how mm. much we want to vote for it, it's never going to happen unless we have some type of real threat to the power. They, yeah. they only respond even, to real threats of, you know, power and. Yeah, violence. even in America, the only reason they even under Obama, the only reason why they even entertained the idea of having universal health care was not because unions were asking for it or anything like that. It was because there's a, a whole segment of the elites who are owning and operating manufacturing and stuff like that. They didn't want to pay the obscene amount of money for health care anymore. So instead, they thought about it would be better if the government can take care of the basic healthcare needs of their workers so they can get it off their books. This is subsidiary to them. That's the only time they even entertained the idea of universal healthcare. Unfortunately, manufacturing leads are kind of weak. But the point is, the reason why, I mean, not unfortunately, fuck them. But the point is, the reason why social democracy doesn't work is because if you look at any other fucking country in Europe today, what happens is an entrenched nobility or elites. They start trying to regain some of their old rights by destroying the system slowly inside to make it more profitable for them. You're talking about a thousand, you know, wealthy people in any society trying to rig the system in order to benefit them. So you can create a social democracy. But if you stop paying attention to it, like what happened in America, eventually the same old powers will come back and exert themselves and pull it, pull it apart. That's just what happens. And, and here's why, a perfect example. Is like, way, hey, hey, just just, just be truth. Uh, you, you know, that's why we're not in favor of fucking reformism. I would be if it would work, but it doesn't. Sorry, Anthony, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, so Ethan specifically mentioned homelessness under socialism versus social democracy. So, like, for example, Sweden or Norway. Uh, yeah. You know, social democracy is not going to operate under the profit motive uh, for like homelessness and there'll be public housing. So there will be no homeless people. So let's assume that you can even get to that point. Cause we're even arguing you can't even get to that point mm-hmm. unless there's like some type of rabid communist labor movement asking for much more than that. But yeah. let's assume it's you can get to that position. Exactly. Yeah, assuming you can get to that point, what's going to happen. All right. You got public housing for homeless people. All right. All the fucking real estate tycoons in that country what are they going to want to do? And you don't even, they don't even have to be like ideological. They don't even have to be right wing. Uh, they don't have to be like political. They just operate on their own self-interest. Okay. Yep. When I try to rent my apartment building out, 
people are willing to pay, not willing to pay as much rent and not willing to deal with as uh, they expect so much more from me, and I have to spend more on upkeep, making my building more luxurious and nice because there's all the government is a fucking competitor to me and offers this free fucking public mm-hmm. housing that's nicely maintained, and so it harms their profits. So just operating on simple self-interest, the real estate tycoons in Sweden are going to want to get rid of public housing because they're going to want either one to purchase those private t- properties and they're yeah, gonna, and count. this is across yeah. different industries too. Uh, so, you know, the real estate tycoons are going to want to try to get rid of the public housing yeah. because they want to buy that. And that happens across every industry. So, uh, yeah. you know, if the fucking state runs a fucking worker pension for everybody, the bankers in that fucking country are going to want to get a piece of that as well. So oh, it's kind of like, talk about yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the sec- just to build up on what you were saying, there's a second problem component to that. Let's talk about public housing. Where are you going to build it? Okay. So what we used to do in America is we used to create ghettos, quite literally. We used to just stuff a bunch of people in these giant fucking columns. The problem with ghettos is that uh, there's not a lot of income mobility. You're basically trapping a bunch of unemployed and poor people into a fucking building. And uh, what happens is those people have no economic opportunities. There's no investment in education. There's no They're investment. They're scarred. They're fucking yeah. traumatized. They're traumatized. There's no health care. So they end up, you know, they doing they just do what they do basic crimes so they can survive. So so what we figured out in America at least uh, is that hey, we can't build these giant ghettos anymore because even though we still do, because they produce a lot of these negative aspects. So we developed this new system which is we're going to build houses, and we don't even do this that well. Instead, we're going to buy private houses in rich suburbs and stuff them full of eight families, okay? Now, what's the problem with that? First of all, all the fucking rich pricks that live near the people don't want that to be built in their house. They don't want somebody with, you know, eight families in the house next to them, okay? You can see this in America if you drive around, okay? Look at the back of buildings. You'll see, like, multiple doors and multiple windows. But you look at the front of the building, it looks like a normal family home the reason they so and what happens is all these fucking rich people uh who control their local governments stop that kind of you know federal funding to build those types of homes so basically you can't build you can't build concentrated ghettos because you know it it leads to a lot of these negative things and you can't do what a lot of sociologists say which is sprinkle it around uh developed neighborhoods because that way if you put poor people near rich people the idea is that the connections will allow those poor people to mobilize and become richer. And the point of that is what Anthony is saying, is that you create... Okay, just talk about public housing as one example of why, even in a socialist system, where you will have rich people kind of using their power and clout to kind of stop it from being built, because they still have incentives to stop public housing. Followed by the second thing is that, like what you're going to say about creating institutions of billionaires, allowing them to stay, is that each one of those billionaires have incentives to rig the economy to benefit themselves. So if you have, if you create a social democracy, a lot of rich people acting in their own self-interest and independently from the rest are going to say, how about we rig the system just a bit so the housing market can be more relaxed? Or we rig the system just a bit so we can start putting lead in uh, uh, children's, uh, you know, food. Because they want to up their profits. That's what they want to do. 
and they will. Then, and this is kind of what happened. Like, Fuck you! I'll go. I'll go to Pakistan if you don't want to hire me and build a factory there for more exploited workers and import it in. So yeah. And this kind of already happened in America. Is uh, this change will be slow. It'll be like a frog being boiled in water. So, like, let's say Sweden has a bunch of public housing. Well, the real estate tycoons is probably happening right now as we speak. Is they're going to be pushing for small little changes. And this happens over years. Is that maybe some real estate tycoon will make an argument. Well, you know, should we really be paying for houses to be so much better for homeless and poor yeah. people to be just as good as maybe this expensive luxury uh, houses. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, maybe they need to be motivated a little bit or come on, why are we spending so much? Or, like, or they we need don't... to have proof of employment, you know? They need to, you know, they need to be have proof of employment. Uh, so, so they'll ask for one little small change where they'll say, okay, we'll make the conditions of the public housing slightly worse than the yeah. free market houses so that and, and, there's and incentive. Yeah, and every time you're watching TV or your mom and pop is watching TV or your friends who don't focus on politics are watching TV, they're going to be watching news uh, stories owned by the billionaires who are saying, these poor houses, none of these people work. These people just stay there and they make lots of money and none of them, you know, they're driving Chevrolets while you're being broke. Like, shouldn't the state give you a tax break before we start helping the people who don't produce anything? You know, and that message will be played over all of your airwaves. And maybe you're going to be tough. Okay. You're going to be like, that's, I'm against it. I'm not giving up my public housing. Yeah. No way. I'm not giving up my, but you have friends and your friends have friends. And you can you tell me all of your friends are not going to slowly start saying, hey, why are we paying for this? Shouldn't I get the tax break? Shouldn't I be, you know, getting a free house? Why is this person getting a free? That's how they come at you. You're talking about a, they'll start making movies about how bad the housing, you know, these, these ghettos are, they're going to make movies about how they commit crime, how they're actually, you know, methamphetamine rings, how they're no-go zones, nobody's allowed to go there because the crime is so rampant. And, and all the minorities are using up all the public housing, that's a classic, is the yep. so let's Bring say in Sweden, for example, they'll probably show a bunch of Muslim minorities from fucking Syria using yeah. the public housing, and then they'll like show the one video of, of water run. and then they'll show one video of you know, a Muslim immigrant or something beating up a white Swedish woman and boom, a beautiful Swedish apply, woman. Yeah. Yep. And they'll apply that to every single one that, Oh, these all our public housing system does is house and clothe these vicious abusers, violent exactly. minorities. And that's yeah, the, one step in how they start eroding all the social democracy that we, uh, fight hard to put in place. So one yeah, exactly. social democracy is one never just voted in, because a bunch of people want social democracy it happens because there's a bunch of people even further to the left communists and socialists and anarchists who are basically a threat and they're like all right here's the compromise social democracy social democracy is never just don't ask for any more yeah and then exactly so so you know that's so and let's one is that and then two when you put in social democracy it's going to be constantly eroded forever so one you won't be so if everybody was like ethan klein that's not yeah. really going to work because a bunch of social Democrats aren't going to get social democracy instituted. Social de- Democrats only get uh, power 
when there's a bunch of fucking rabid communists who are threatening to take all of the wealth of the billionaires. Yeah, it's a compromise. Yeah, and let's just do a clear example. You have the first generation of people who grew up in the unequal society who values uh, public housing as a way to help the more unfortunate citizens for whatever reason, you know, that can't survive in a capitalist society. They built them. Second generation comes along and says, okay, you know, our parents built them, but our parents were kind of backwards. They had really... Uh, regressive social ideas they you know they don't we, do we really need to go through every single thing every single regulation that they put in place and like okay maybe we'll keep some third generation they completely even forgot about the struggle which is by the way it's not even it's not even being taught at the history books at this place like literally in america a lot of our labor history isn't even taught in school i can give you two examples okay personal examples i went to i went i went to a couple of colleges in my life i've been moving around a lot so in one college i went to in economics history we find in U.S. history, we finally get up to the labor chapter, which exists in the book. Okay, guess what the professor says? He he's this is very fascinating, but we don't have time to cover it in the curriculum, so let's just skip it. Okay, you can read it on your own, like any motherfucker in college. Like any student, <laughs> yeah. No, like here's the little socialism work labor organizing yeah, part. Yes. A chapter of the business textbook. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just skip this. And then I thought, okay, maybe that professor was conservative. Maybe he was weird. Maybe he was different. What happens is I went to another fucking college later and because of a mistake in my curriculum, I had to retake the same, a mistake in my credits not being able to transfer it, I had to retake the same class. And guess what happened? I went to the same chapter in the same section in a different university and my professor said, this is very fascinating, but we don't have time to cover it in the curriculum. How about you read it when you get some free time? Anyways, let's go on to the business tycoon and how the Rockefellers were mis, mis, uh, misunderstood captains of industry. And how Henry Mark. Ford is fucking awesome and gave us exactly. all the 40-hour the work week and the, he's but, the reason why we have weekends. But that is the strategy, you know. I mean, in the reason what happened is the people who created the New Deal society, their kids led the Reagan... I mean, their grandkids led the Reagan revolution who got rid of the system that they built because they believed all this super racist fucking shit that the news media portrayed and told them that your grandpa's regulations were crazy we don't need them we have whiz kids and in finance now anyway so not yeah and then the society is less and the society is less unequal so now there's less poor people in the society so we don't need all the protections yeah so then they do a step they do one step one they're like hey we don't need to fund so much public housing anymore. There's no, there are not as many poor people. It worked. Yeah. Let's reduce the budget by 5%. And then and they do that. Tax break. Yeah. yeah. And then they do this a couple more times over several years. And then and suddenly public the public housing is trash and it's in horrible state. And then somebody comes up with the bright idea, you know, public housing is so shitty and it's not nice like this, you know, privately owned housing. Why don't we Maybe just we privatize, privatize the public housing? And, and and while we privatize it, let's just mandate, because I'm a nice reformer, let's just mandate that out of every 10 apartments, one apartment has to be for a low-income side. You know, we'll have rent control for just 10% of the occupants. And yeah, we have and we'll save here. money, and it's a very, mm-hmm. you know, very smart, will be big brain. Yeah, it'll be a much yeah. big brain move. We'll save the government money, and we won't have yeah. to manage it, and we won't we'll have, have to better hire housing. people to do it. And exactly. yeah, we'll have better housing, and it's yeah. the same thing. And then they're like, okay, do we need the poors and the rich to exit through the same door? How about we put a room in the back, a door in the back through an alley that the poors have to leave through while the rich and, leave and, through the front door? 
And meanwhile, you know. the property owners that own these buildings are making bigger and bigger profits, amassing more and more money. And then they're simultaneously putting that money to and purchase politicians and lobbyists that will continue to lobby for more decisions to get rid of and, this and, public and housing. Lobbying. You're and right. then, and they're lobbying to basically say, to basically say, hey, if you want us to keep building these houses, we need to get some taxpayer money to build buildings with 10% of the occupancy for homeless people. You know, so they take the money and they go, oh, well, I guess I didn't build it in my new building. Oopsies. Are you going to have anybody that's going to find me for it? Yeah, we'll find you $1,000 for it. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. How will I ever survive? So now I got to make sure that these illegal things that I'm doing have to just profit a little bit more than the fines that they'll exactly. charge me for doing just, Exactly. And then Ethan's response to this might be saying, well, we'll put in laws to ban lobbying and we'll yeah, make sure that sure, rich yeah. people can't donate to people's campaigns. And that's hilarious because it's like, the thing is, is the rich already, they will control the government. It doesn't matter. So it's like trying to convince the now person that writes the laws to not do things in their own self-interest it's not gonna work that like it's like trying yeah, to how, tell... how about but, but how about we just write a law that says let's ban all criminals let's just ban let's just write a law that says it's illegal to steal then we don't have to fund the cops right let's just yeah. write it in the law we'll say it's illegal to steal now it's illegal so why do we have cops come on guys we fucking know this we know everybody out there who's listening to this who has very little money in their fucking bank account, you're going to, even if you have, let's say, you know, a good amount of money, let's say you have $100,000 in your bank account. Do you really think your $100,000 fortune against a fucking Elon Musk is going to make a fucking difference to a politician? Whose call is a politician going to answer? Yours or Musk's? Okay. And we already have, uh, like, we already have proof that this is how it works, where the rich overwhelmingly influence all the laws and the policies that pass in the U.S. government. They well, write the, the actual laws too. Opinions. Yeah, they write the laws too. I know there's that congressman who accidentally put his law that no. saw the letterhead from like ExxonMobil or uh, Monsanto yeah. or something. Alex, that a Alex, law. right? Alex, whatever. American Legisla- Legislative Exchange. Uh, you know, that's what they do. They're literally a bunch of fucking um, conglomerates come together, write laws, give them to your state senator or state rep to pass them. Even the and sometimes they pass them verbatim. They don't even edit anything. Listen, these motherfuckers were so effective, at, uh, in the so in the past, what used to happen in states is that state governments used to rely on research play uh, on their own independent research places to make policies. Okay, but what happened throughout lots of time, uh, lots of time, is that a lot of local cor- corporations convinced state legislators that you don't need to fund these very expensive policy research places. Instead, you can rely on us. We'll just tell you what the fucking research says, and you can implement the policy. Okay, and, and so this is a, uh, th- this is a pretty good argument too, because uh, you know a lot of the time what they'll do to influence the government is they'll do it frame it exactly like that of like oh we'll just take the work for away from you so there'll be yeah. some manager who uh, in some government regulatory agency saying oh you mean I won't have to work as hard on Fridays and Tuesdays anymore managing that thing because this company and industry will just manage it. That's awesome. And maybe they'll hire oh, perfect. me when I'm done. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't yes. know their system. I play golf with them. They know me. So, so now there's another part of the conversation is uh, Ethan and Hassan were all over the place with what the fuck communism and socialism meant. So we have to get yeah, some definitions down. Is capitalism does not mean markets. It doesn't mean money. 
It doesn't yeah. mean trading. It doesn't mean the act of buying and selling things. It doesn't mean industry. It doesn't mean factories that produce. It doesn't mean trade. You know, it doesn't stuff. mean technology. It doesn't mean technological innovation. Capitalism doesn't mean computers. Capitalism doesn't mean phones. Capitalism it doesn't mean iPads. It doesn't mean iPhones. It doesn't mean the internet. It doesn't mean capitalism. Or capitalism also doesn't only mean working hard. Like capitalism means that a private individual owns. Uh, companies basically yeah, is entitled so, to is entitled to somebody else's profits just by capitalism means a person can own a can own a abstract fictional document okay that's a legal fiction that basically says because I own this piece of paper I'm entitled to somebody else's profits so somebody else has to work okay so if I if I own a baking company and I never show up. I a bakery and I never show up. I never go to work. I've never visited there. All the people who work there 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week owe some of their profits to me for merely owning. Okay. And you get all of the profits too. Yeah, it's yes. not even like you get a portion. You get all of it. Yeah, yeah. You get to decide where the profits go. You're the person who gets to, even though they spend their entire lives and their show, they miss fucking weddings, they miss funerals, they bust their ass every day. They work so fucking hard. If they don't work, they will starve to death. Okay, but you can sit in the south of France drinking fucking cocktails by other workers because you're entitled to their profits. That's what capitalism is, and that's what that's the only definition. Uh, I will, I, you know, that's the only definition that I think makes sense. So, and then there's socialism. We have to talk about, about, yeah, socialism is, socialism would be instead of the one capitalist owning the bakery, we say that the profits of the place gets to be decided by the people who actually work there. They get, they get uh, the profits of the bakery and they get to fucking decide how, how to spend it and what to do with it and how to invest it. Okay. It's basically, they get the profits. What they do is up to them. But that's what it is. It's about who gets the profits. Is it the one person who owns it, who's never been set foot in the factory that's in New York, or is it the people who produce it? The the isms is who gets the, who gets to control the profits. Okay, that's the easiest, simplest, fundamental way. So these are very basic fucking questions. Okay, like I want to talk about another one, Anthony, if I may. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the other one. Ethan said he said let's hypothetically imagine an island. Okay, we have an island, everybody. Listen to this. You have an island. In one side of the, in the one side of the island, we have a bunch of, uh, let's say, communists or socialists or you know, whatever. Okay, in one side of the island, we have capitalists. Uh, Ethan asks, in this society, why can't the capitalists decide to, you know, function? Okay, in a society, in an island where we have both, let's say, left-wing, uh, you know, socialism and capitalism. The truth is. In what fucking world is is that capitalist in one side of the island going to convince any fucking worker to work in his place and say, hey, I got a deal for you. How about you show up nine to five every day? You work 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. You never see your fucking kids. You come home so fucking tired. You can barely eat anything healthy that you have to eat the most unhealthy thing while I get to use all the profits and sit on the beach and, you know, and um, head on your wife and daughter, you know, anytime I choose. Or are they going to go to the side that's socialist and say, hey, how about you work with us? And instead of the deal he's giving you, how about you work here and we, we share the profits with you? Every, you know, how, how we'll split it up is completely different. 
But you tell me, listener, in which world would anybody choose to go work in the capitalist side? Yeah, like you have a coffee shop, and you can either get hired at the coffee shop that's paying you $15 an hour, or you can work at the other coffee shop, let's say they're paying less of a wage, $12 an hour, which is yeah. not even accurate. They might, they probably would offer a higher probably wage. Probably pay higher, top. exactly. But, you know, let's say they're offering less, but they're also, you get a share of the profits. So there's six people work at the coffee shop. Uh, so you get you 20%. You can choose when you come and work. You can choose how hard you work. And you guys can decide how to run the store together. Or do you work at the yeah. coffee shop where one dude collects all of the profits and he's motivated to pay you as little as possible to maximize his profits. And, and is he hoping to replace you. Breaks are, and he gets to decide your health care, not you. And if you give him too much lip or you make he him can feel... Fire you, un- will. you know, he just fires you. Yeah, he just fires you and you're on the street. Well, who are you going to work with? This is very fucking simple. This is the so, reason why... Yeah. Ethan says, oh, can't I do capitalism in your socialism world? And Hudson fumbles the... Yeah, you can. But the truth is, it's like saying, who the fuck is going to work with you? Okay. It's like trying to do slavery in a yeah, capitalist... You know, yeah, it's like, like yeah. yeah, who would voluntarily decide to join slavery? Maybe horrible, evil people that want to own slaves, but it, nobody would ever do that. Nobody would ever be like, oh, I'll be yeah. a slave to go That's work. That's how slavery came. Slavery didn't just people have a choice, and they're like, do I want to own the plantation, or do I want to be a slave? I think I want to be a I've always envisioned myself being a slave. No, they had to literally abduct motherfuckers in Africa and drag them to the States and say, if you don't do it, we will literally fucking just kill you. Okay, that's the only way that's going to happen. So, it's just a fucking stupid example. So, I'm just saying, these are basic questions. These are basic fucking, basic-ass so questions. He, here's, like, a, a better example of, like, you know, to imagine what a... Because he was also mentioning things of, like, you know, isn't there more freedom in capitalism or... Let's, let's talk about that one. Not let's talk about that one. Like, like so... Another basic question. So, a question has been asked a million times. Yeah, so, one of the things that you could do to easily imagine what a socialist society could look like is we could create a social society today. So imagine today, same exact thing, same exact society, everything's the same, but instead, when you go into your job, every person gets a share of the profits instead of whoever your boss or whoever owns the company getting the share. So for example, it's easier to think about this with larger companies. If you work at Amazon and you're a delivery driver for Amazon, you get an equal share to, and it doesn't have to be equal. You could decide this when you're making the company, but let's say you work at Amazon. Every person that works at Amazon now has a share of the profits and they all get an equal share. Boom. That would be socialism. That would be considered a form of socialism. Obviously, I would want to do more than that, but everything could be the same. You clock in, clock out, go to work, and you get a share, and that could maybe be the lowest level of socialism. Is Basically, you work at Walmart, you get a portion of the profits from Walmart, and you go home and leave, and that's it. And everything's the same. We don't have to worry about how you do banking or loans or who will make products or whatever. Who who will like? So here's another one too. Is um, you know, Ethan was also talking about how when he starts his podcast, like you know, he has mm-hmm. the janitor come in. Like what? He has to give a share of the ownership of his podcast to the janitor. A very so, basic ass question. This is any yeah. fucking any business owner or anybody you talk about is going to say is going to say exactly this. Yeah. What somebody just comes out of the streets and I have to give them. This is a very simple question. So there's a couple answers to it. One, we could say that maybe in our society, 
your company doesn't become uh, a socialist company until it gets bigger than 10 workers or something. So then maybe that's one all solution. small, that's one solution is every small company is privately owned until it gets a certain size. Or another solution is that you maybe decide to give the janitor a smaller share of the profits. But to be honest, the most likely thing to happen naturally is probably that the janitors have their own co-op where they sell janitorial services to all the businesses in the area. So instead of Ethan basically having to give the janitor a fucking share of his profits, no, that janitor is a worker for another company. They come in, clean your office, and then you pay them, and that money goes to their company. And they've got their own co-op that does the janitorial duty. And then what was yeah, the other one? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great one, right? So and you know, they could be janitors, they're gonna be they're not only gonna be janitors, they're not gonna be stuck into any title. They're gonna be managers, they're gonna be owners, they're gonna own and just like listen, the basic principle is this. Yeah, I'm a people will work harder for will be more productive if they can keep more of the profits. Okay, that's simple. If people fucking own their own Walmart or Amazon, we'll have much more productive workers because they're like, I want to make more money. I want to get more of the societal dole. So I'm going to show everybody I work harder. And then they get more. Instead of today, you're like, oh, you might get a promotion. You know, oh, you might get a raise just to really work hard. Oh, sorry, you didn't cut it this year. You know, you want to be productive. But the final way is that, and this is like the Dan Albert way, or Michael Albert, okay? He basically says, listen, how about instead of uh janitors we just get rid of the janitorial uh title no more janitors okay so instead ethan and his other people who are working in his podcast they can do the janitorial tasks uh themselves so basically every every job is going to have the the fulfilling job which is being you know which is like the one that they want to do there's going to be the boring administrative job is the one that they have to do and then there's going to be the crappy job which is the one none of them want to do Okay, so everybody will have a mix of basically these three responsibilities. He might do empowering work like working as a podcaster. He'll also do some administrative work by making sure everything is working. And he can pick one of the shitty jobs. He can say, okay, I will be responsible. I'm physically capable of cleaning the toilets. Okay, I'm not going to do that job all the time, but I'll do it some of the time. And then maybe Dan in his show will say, okay, I will be responsible for uh, cleaning out the you know kitchen, for instance. So you can basically divide the tasks where everybody does a little bit, does a mix and match of empowering work, unempowering work, and boring work, where it feels like you don't need to actually exploit somebody and have them be a jam. Any kind of job that we can all agree shouldn't exist because it's demeaning, it's degrading, it's awful. We should get rid of. And either either we make it part of a co-op, which makes it. Um, better because they'll all be being paid better money or we just make the people who work in the place do a little bit of it too so it can kind of be a normal part of the business so and then there was another point is like you know when he's talking about his podcast he look look we're not gonna fucking run uh design an entire economic system based on what helps make sense the most for podcasts the economy is not run on fucking podcasts it's run by oil companies banks and you know walmarts and clothing manufacturers it's not run by fucking you want to think about yeah 
Yeah, it's it was, not run by uh, uh, podcasters. But what you could do with the podcast is when Ethan creates it, it's also because Ethan's occupying a weird position where you can maybe define roles. And it's like Ethan's both the showrunner founder and the founder the showrunner but he's also the product or the entertainment or like the machine making money because it's his image and likeness that he's basically selling so maybe him and his fellow workers decide that he does deserve the largest share of the profits because it's his because he occupies multiple roles you know he's also the machinery Uh, i mean the entertainment stuff you know, maybe entertainers get paid more because they're selling their image and they're allowed to collect, you know, instead of getting one share, you get two shares of the profit. But that yeah, would be up yeah, to or, the workers to decide or Ethan to decide when he's hot bringing on new people. And, 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 here, and here's the cornerstone of the argument. OK, let's talk about the fundamental what we're trying to say here. This is what we call a viability argument. Is your ideas viable in the modern world? Can it handle X, Y and Z situation? The truth is viability, even though it's entertaining, even though it's uh, fun intellectually to think about it, is a really fucking silly way to look at these things, okay? For no system that has ever existed had to justify itself to the previous system and by saying, hey, we can figure out all these things. Let's take a class, you know, that's not how systems are incorporated. That's not how it works. The capitalists didn't come up to the kings and say... We're going to create this system. We're going to do, you know, derivative uh, swaps. We're going to, I mean, derivative lawsuits. We'll do financial swaps. We're going to, no, we're going to do LBOs. No, didn't think about any of that. You know, it was very fucking simple. They had an idea. They had an idea. And their idea was, how do we make ourselves have as much money as possible and make other people do all the work for us? Okay, that was a simple system. Okay, and then what they basically did is built on that idea throughout time by like, okay, this didn't work. This company failed. Because they did this this way, so how about so they compromise and compromise and compromise and figured it out until we have the system today. That's the only fucking way these systems come. Now, some very intelligent people do write viability, do spend their whole lives writing about how to actually make theory into practice, like Albert at a Z Network, okay, which is very impressive, very amazing, uh, okay, Can, mm-hmm. which is very interesting and very amazing, but in real life. Okay, that's just not how systems come into place. We have an idea. How do we create a system that basically shares profits more uh, equitably among the people or, you know, how do we create more freedom and how do we uh, create a a healthier society for all? And co-ops tend to do that much better than private uh, tyrannies do. Okay, and and the key part, the the big the whole very important part is the reason why switching to co-ops is important to do or why would help is that giving too much wealth or control or power to one person inevitably allows them to influence the government and have a much bigger influence than all the other people who don't get as much so like elon musk or warren buffett or bill gates have substantial says over the policy that our government does because they're billionaires you know me or you we are workers we don't we do not have any near close to the amount of influence that bill gates has on which companies get to uh, build which vaccines or uh, you know our uh, healthcare policy you know he intervened in uh, releasing the vaccine uh, 
instructions on how to produce it for free. He himself intervened as a private individual. So that's the yeah. key point is that you want to give the share of the profits to all the workers because it also makes the society yeah, more great. just because there's less people with yeah. a crazy amount of individual power over other people. Because it's well, the power and difference between other people that causes a lot of those issues that you know somebody having so much more power than a person they can crush that little person and that little person has to listen to everything they say and let's just do a clear example back to the guy in the south of france south of france guy who owns let's say the entirety of amazon is sitting down he's drinking fucking you know wine he's he's with a supermodel girlfriend he's having a blast and he gets an email that says hey i know you own every single fucking walmart but we have a question. We need to poison a river, okay, where a lot of our Walmart employees live. Are you okay with doing that? I mean, the science says the poison isn't that bad, you know, stuffing some radiation. There's not that many good fish there anyway. So it's economic incentives are not that great. A lot of the local kids, you know, swim and play there, but, you know, they can probably we can probably build them a pool. You know, or maybe. we could dump it in the river that you're s- sipping martinis on your yacht. Yeah, and that would maybe be the best and safest way to dispose of it is dumping it in your I mean, private river. Which one are you I mean, gonna I mean, choose? Yeah, just think, think logically. Of course, he's gonna say, "What? Some village I'm never gonna uh, go to in some river? Fuck that! I want to buy a fucking super yacht. Click that any day." And, and billionaires and people that own things routinely make decisions like this, exactly. where they will gladly harm hundreds or thousands of people they don't know to protect themselves or their own assets. Compare that now to the local people in that Walmart thinking about how are we going to dispose of the waste. They're going to say, hey, do we want to pollute the local river that we all use and we all fish in and we all, you know, no? Or or are we going to, you know, maybe invest in some kind of safer way to to dispose of the waste? It's going to cost us a little bit of money. Maybe, you know, our Christmas bonus is not going to be as large as it would be. but But it is healthier and it will work. Of course they're going to choose fucking that. Okay? It's obvious. So these questions Ethan is asking are very, and to wrap it up, you know, we could go on and on and on about every single fucking question he asked. And if people like this episode, if you like it, you know, please like and subscribe. Let us know that you like it. If you find this entertaining, I will gladly do this for the rest of the points. But these are just basic. Every Everybody who's listening to this probably knows all of these answers already. Okay. But, you know, this is just basic fucking questions. And that's why... This that episode with him and Ethan was so fucking sad and enraging. It's like, come on, man, this isn't complicated. This is one on one shit. It's like you do the you do this for a living. You should have answers to these questions. Yeah, and don't give scary answers like, oh, we're gonna do violence again. You know, politics is all about violence. Yeah, and it's we're gonna do violence against you know the capitalists who try to rebel. It's like let's not. You know, we don't have to to talk about with a budding social Democrat about what we're going to do about all the raving dangerous capitalists that are going to react to all this socialism. It's like, yeah, just build a system and the money and the power and stuff that you're a threat to them. Yeah. Let's see how that works. So I, Ethan, Hassan, if you want us to come on and explain this ourselves, on your show please do feel free to invite me not ryan yeah uh, no i'm not gonna I go on another podcast god no i, I, I will like happily go on and explain but um 
Well, I yeah, guess we can go we, on and on, but this is just, you know, it's really basic questions. I mean, it's just, there's really no excuse for him to have not been able to answer these. I mean, I, we're just going to do it like, uh, I'm just going to say that he was probably nervous his first time uh, being challenged by Ethan. And Ethan got so much better at challenging people since the, the show began. It just, come on, Hassan, come on, read up a bit. Read some theory, bro. Read some, no, read some I, basic I, theory. I don't think it's about reading theory. I think, but anyways... I, I still am a huge fan, and I, and I still... Of course, will, he's a great communicator. Exactly. I still will keep watching Leftovers, but all right, guys. That was a fun one. If Twitter is still existing, follow us at Real Big Brain. Feel free to like, subscribe, comment on comment, our podcast. Comment, please. You know, yep. join us in two weeks' time for our next episode, and I will see you later soon. Oh, and of course, of course, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to Matt Chrisman at Trapper Trap House and uh, going through what they're going. That's that's sad. I know, he just had a baby. Yeah, especially when you're hearing, you know, you hear his voice like, three times a week and, you know, he disappears. It's, it's very sad. So, honest to God, uh, you know, let's uh, let's all keep him uh, in our memories and hope that they get through this. In, in our memories, in our hearts, he's, that's, our he's hearts. still alive. Okay. It's, yeah, it's late. It's late. All right, let's let's wrap it up. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Have a nice time. What's up is down. What's left is right. Chasing stars and holding you. I can't see the end, but we'll see it through. Sky on your mind